Hello and Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome in to the first episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show here in the new decade 2020, the week of January 2nd, 2020. And we've got Raw, AEW Dynamite, and NWA Power to recap and review here on this first episode of 2020 for Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. We're going to start out with Monday Night Raw. KO starts the show. We kind of get a recap of the events from the previous week. KO cuts a promo. Pretty much saying he will continue to get his butt kicked. And it made him sick to see Rey Mysterio get beaten down last week. Believe the beatdown was a big reason he lost the U.S. Championship to Andrade at a live event. Rollins and AOP come out to talk and says he's failing to see the big picture. And says he's being forced to put himself into in this position. It's him that sacrifices himself for the greater good. And he pretty much tells him, if you resist, the OP will force my will. AOP comes down, beat well, KO kind of approaches them. And AOP beats down KO for a while. Joe shows up, cleans house, destroys AOP, destroys Seth for a moment. Puts him in the puts Seth in the Kikina clutch, and then AOP's number advantage comes back to haunt them. And it, but Owens comes back with a chair. They all brawl, and security comes down to separate them all. This doesn't work. And then KO at the end somersaults, hits a somersault plancha. Well, hits a somersault off the top rope, and like I said, security came down and separated them all. I. I thought this was awesome. This sets up the feud for them, and I'm really interested in seeing Samoa Joe and KO as a tag team. Should be a lot of fun. Afterward, we get KO and Joe in the locker room with Charlie, and they say they didn't have a choice. Says Seth Rollins made the choice that KO would never stand alone again. This is Joe talking. KO has never known anybody better than him. Like then KO says he has never known anybody better than him, and he says uh, in the nicest way possible. And KO's glad to be able to leave the building. Joe threatens each of the bodyguards, and KO just says "Happy New Year" as they're escorted out. Up next, we get the rematch from TLC: Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. Early in the match, both men do the Alistair Black sit. This was a hard-hitting match. Once again, let's get to the closing stretch. This was pretty dang good. I don't know if it lived up to the TLC, but it was very, very good. Uh, at the end, they were trading mat. They were trading uh, shots. Late match, both men went down, and then they got a standing O from the crowd. And Murphy's Law it gets reversed into a victory roll. Murphy kicks out and then runs straight into Black Mass. But no. Black's not done there. Black lifts him up, hits another one, and it was a very good match. And really, I could watch these two wrestle a lot, almost every week, except I don't want that done because, remember, we don't want match stale matches in WWE. We, don't want, we want new and interesting rivalries. But this has been a pretty good one, delivering really good matches, and this should be... Hope this should be the end of the feud as and have both guy hopefully both guys move on to something bigger and better. After that we get backstage 
with Rollins and AOP. Says no one's kicking them out. They're leaving under their own will. And says the show would be canceled if they try to kick them out before the next match. They'll leave voluntarily. We get backstage with Lana and our makeup artist. We're getting ready for the big, big wedding. She gets talked to by Rowan. Rowan's asking her if she got an invite. Well, Rowan wanted to know why he didn't get an invitation. And then he just yells at Then he just kind of roars at Lana, which was incredibly weird. And I thought that was incredibly stupid. Up next... It was Eric Rowan versus the local jobber. Person crawls under the ring to find the thing in the cage. Pretty much just the same thing we see every week as someone tries to grab something in the cage. Iron Claw gets it done with for Rowan. And then we get backstage Lana preparing for a wedding once again. After that, Charlotte Flair cuts a promo announcing her entry into the Royal Rumble mat, match. And uh, she doesn't want to talk about the obvious, how she everyone knew she was going to enter herself in the Royal Rumble. She talks about her accolades, says she's tired of talking about stuff and wants to know, wants to show why she's the queen. Natalia is out. We go to commercial. Natty accepts the match proposal. Charlotte versus Natalia. We get kind of a newfound aggression from Natty. It was nice to see in this match. Um, late in the match. A spear by Charlotte gets a very long two count. They trade counters. Flair hits natural selection for another near fall. Goes for a moonsault. Natalia gets her foot up. Tries to put Charlotte in the... Charlotte then tries to put her... In the figure four, gets rolled up for an ear fall. Big boot by Flair. Figure eight. Natty fights it off for about 30 seconds before tapping out. It was a solid match. And it gives Charlotte some momentum heading into the new year. She's kind of had an interesting 2019 ever since WrestleMania. It's been kind of a kind of a downward trend for her. Hopefully she can get back near the uh, women's championship scene as they're there's a lack of uh, contenders for the Raw Women's Championship other than Asuka at this point. Following that match was Becky backstage with Charlie. Then Charlie asks about an update for her match against Asuka at uh, the Royal Rumble. She says it's going to be at the Royal Rumble. And she told Charlie that her contract's coming up and said she wanted this match before they talk about negotiating. So she's going to wipe her record against Asuka even if it kills her. Then we get another Liv Morgan makeover video vignette. Following that, the OC comes out and talks. Says they don't need any more proof that it's the OC show. Here, here, here. It is. They show the end of the match from the last two weeks, as uh, the OC has won both matches they were in. Uh, Ko Carl uh, Anderson. And Luke Gallows beat the Viking Raiders, and then OC beating Orton and Viking Raiders in a six-man tag. Styles pinning Orton in that one. Uh, they're talking how they should be the next ones to challenge for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Street Profits show up. They hype up the OC's accomplishments. Said they beat. They said they beat the OC recently in their debut. And what does this mean to them? It says they're gonna. Says that. We are, and then Styles interrupts and says Lucky. 
says they should just stick to their backstage segments. Dawkins mentions their name after a teen drama, which was, I thought that was pretty freaking hilarious. And then, then they're having a match. Street Profits versus Gallows and Anderson. Ref early kicks AJ's, early in the match, ref uh, kicks AJ Styles out for grabbing Dawkins' leg. We get back from break. Gallows Anderson dominating Ford. Ford makes a comeback, but Dawkins has been knocked off the apron. Ford then flips out of a suplex attempt and ducks a strike to eventually tag Dawkins in. And Dawkins dominates Spinebuster by Anderson on Dawkins. Back suplex neckbreaker by Gallows and Anderson. Ford then eventually duck a strike by Anderson and hit a tope cone helo on Gallows. Street Profits get a win after a spinebuster by Dawkins and a frog splash by Ford. Fun closing stretch to end this match. Not a bad tag team match between Gallows Anderson and the Street Profits. And ultimately, this would set up a triple threat tag team championship match for next week. So it'll be the Viking Raiders versus the OC versus the Street Profits. Then they announced the match is official, Asuka versus Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. The Street Profits then are backstage talking about their big win against the OC, and then they talk about the Lashley-Lana wedding coming up. They're looking forward to the wedding, and Dawkins says, where the bridesmaids at? We found out later, there ain't no bridesmaids because no one wanted to be there. And says they have 20-20 vision and tells the Viking Raiders and the OC that they want the smoke. McIntyre versus Hawkins and Ryder in a handicap match. That was up next. And McIntyre got a kind of cut a funny promo pre-match. And it's... Alright, it was fun for what it was. But I've already saw... I saw already saw this last week. Which was Hawkins, uh, McIntyre versus Ryder. But it says a handicap match this time. After, in, this, in his pre-match promo, he tells like everyone... He faces, they're screwed. This is pretty quick. Belly to belly by McIntyre on Hawkins. Hits Claymore. Future Shock DDT. Future Shock DDT. Very, very underrated finisher, I think. A dominant win by McIntyre. Like I said, the, what I had note for notes, it was McIntyre's pre-match promo was pretty entertaining. We get the Orton injury segment after that. I was I missed that. Uh, on the initial watch, but I got to watch the abridged version on YouTube. He said, Orton pretty much says he won't be able to come back for a long time. And there's a pretty good chance that he won't be able to ever come back. And no matter what happens, somebody's going to get an RKO at WrestleMania. Styles then says he's going to put his arms behind his back and then let Orton maybe take a shot at him. Waits. And then tells, oh, you really hurt, are hurt, aren't you? And Styles says he wait until WrestleMania to put Orton's leg in a calf crusher and then end his career pretty much. And then before he leaves, Styles decides, oh, I'm going to be a jerk and kick out one of his crutches. And then Orton goes on to tell him, big difference between you and I. It says, you're patient, I am not. Goes on to RKO him. This was all a ruse. Orton playing. Orton was hurt his knee a couple weeks ago on Raw, and then he heard it at a live event, a live event, supposedly. But Orton was playing him the whole entire time. So Orton RKO's him 
And this continues the feud between AJ Styles and Randy Orton. And I don't know how long this is going. I think at least until the at least until the Royal Rumble. After that was Andrade versus a local jobber. The U.S. champ dominates this match. Goes for the hammerlock DDT. They they pull up the tarp outside of the ring. And then he goes for on that. And then it doesn't happen. Ricochet comes out and interrupts. Gets the mic. Talks about recent attacks on Humberto and Rey Mysterio. Not very good. But Ricochet then challenges him to, to a match. Which I'm all for. Andrade and Ricochet post-commercial. Andrade catches him with a drop kick. Zelina pulls up the ringside mat. Andrade beats Ricochet down for a bit. Fosbury flopped by Ricochet. Andrade attacks the ribs. Goes for DDT again on the exposed floor. Gets hit with a backdrop. Ricochet gets hit with a backdrop on the floor. He makes his Ricochet though then makes his comeback. And then another break comes up. He hits a shooting standing shooting star press. Zelina pushes Ricochet off the top rope as he was going for the 630. And Andrade was able to capitalize off of it. Hit his hammerlock DDT to get the win. I think this makes sense. Andrade is needing some bigger wins to build himself up as champion. This is a good one. Ricochet's been doing pretty good on the main roster so far. Other than not being in a really big feud. He had one U.S. title run. But he's been a prominent part of Raw for quite a while. So that's a good win for him. And not having him eat a loss in his first TV match after winning it was a smart move. We get the wedding between Lashley and Lana, and as to nobody's surprise, nobody showed up. Uh, the the officiant was talking like ba- about babies and stuff, and Lana's like, "I don't want to have a baby." She yells at the the officiant for messing up messing up the script. Bobby wants to continue. And she keeps addressing the crowd because they keep chanting Rusev Day and says it's all about her. Tells Bobby it's the luckiest day of your life. Says he she, he's marrying the greatest WWE superstar and greatest woman that has ever lived. Kind of being very egotistical here. Tells Bobby the greatest gift that you can give yourself is me. Rusev Day chants do continue. Bobby says it's the greatest moment of his life. Actually, Lana says it. It's the greatest moment of your life. Pretty much says she wants to jump on and make love to him now. Uh, oh, please keep that off live TV. Yes, that was. We've seen enough of Lashley and Lana making out on TV. And then. Bobby, Lana reads her vows to Bobby, and then Bobby reads his vows to her that she wrote. They exchange rings. Efficient talks about possibly interrupting. This is where this turned into absolute freaking chaos, which I enjoyed. Some person walks out and interrupts and says it's a complete sham. He announces that he was Lana's first husband at the age of 18. They married each other. And she left him for Rusev, and she left Rusev for Bobby, and since she'll leave him for something else, another lady shows up. It's Bobby's first life. Lana punches her off the apron. She tries to get this thing rolling, tries to get it ended. And then Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan finally comes back and objects, 
says the wedding can't go on, says the love of her life is right there, cuts a promo about how they fell in love, says, how could you do this to me? And it's not Bobby. It says, and Bobby then says, he's never touched a woman in his entire life. And she says, oh, I'm not talking about Bobby. And it's talking about Lana. Yep, this has <laughs> this has Heyman's fingerprints all over it. Lana is crying now. Lana slaps Liv, and they fight. Liv gets escorted out for a second. Rusev then shows up in the cake, ruins it, and destroys Lashley. And Liv comes out and uh, beats down Lana also. She's back down there. This was car crash television at this finest. This was supposed to be a complete mess, like a Jerry Springer-type segment. And I enjoyed it for what it was. Hopefully this is the, near the end of it. We'll probably get a tag match with Liv Morgan and Rusev versus Lana and Lashley, excuse me, Lashley at the Royal Rumble. Fun way to end Raw car crash of a segment, but an enjoyable car crash, I think. And it was not a bad episode of Raw, just some, still too many local jobber matches during this show, but other than that, there was some pretty good stuff with the Orton and, uh, Styles segment, the Aleister Blackburn-Murphy rematch, and then the KO and uh, Samoa Joe segment. AEW Dynamite, we start out with Cody versus Darby Allen. The turning point this early in the match was Allen getting thrown into the ringside barrier. Momentum switches when Allen drops Cody's shoulder first on the ring apron, and that's going to be kind of a continuing theme throughout this match was the shoulder for Cody. At one time, Cody hits a reverse superplex off the top rope, and Cody tri- dominates at one time dominates for a bit with multiple leg submissions during the in-frame commercial break. Allen's, Allen actually hit a code red from the middle rope during the break. Allen then hits his flip stunner and hits a coffin drop on the apron. Cody then. Well, Allen went for his flip stunner again, but Cody reversed into the crossroads, got a long two count. Then Cody runs into the exposed buckle Allen ripped off during the pre-match, during the early, well, early on in the match, I mean. Arn Anderson was ringside as it's Arn is the new uh, head coach of Night, uh, the Nightmare family. Arn, Arn then kind of provides a little bit of a distraction, climbs on the apron, and Cody gets his knees up on the coffin drops. Well, Arn slapped his knees, telling Cody to do that. And Arn, well, Cody then gets his knees up on the coffin drop and then just rolls up Allen and gets the win. So Cody getting a little bit of momentum back. And we get a backstage interview with SCU cutting a promo on what to expect from them in 2020. Guevara interrupts, talks about proud and powerful, how they can, they'll probably take, they'll have their time with SCU. And then he talks that Daniels doesn't have it anymore at matchup between the two. It's going to be set up for next week. AEW Women's World Championship Fatal 4-Way, Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, and Riho. Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose put Shida at through a table during this match. This is it was pretty entertaining stuff in this one. 
multiple breakups of pinfalls and stuff. And at the end, Britt Baker hits her Russian leg sweep, goes for a lockjaw on Sheeta, rolls through for a pin. Britt then kicks out. Sunset flip by Riho, gets the pin and the win. Britt Baker is visibly frustrated. And so, and Riho retains. Rose, largely, she dominated this match. I thought I, I enjoyed this Women's World Championship match, but it's going to lead to us getting Statlander versus Riho next week. Statlander had a prior obligation. So she had to miss this week, so we had to move the match to next week. So to retain Rose, well, to retain, Riho hit a sunset flip on Baker and Pender. And Rose stops the celebration post-match and jumps Riho, sets up Riho on the table, hits a big splash on Riho through it. That's the end of the segment. So Rose looks like she's going to be a big uh, figure in the women's division coming up in 2020. Joey Janela backstage interview with Marquez, but before he even gets a word in, super bad Penelope Ford hits a low blow from behind him. And Kip Sabian shows up. After that Dark Order video, said they'll see the true reach of the Dark Order here soon as they attack the Elite the last episode of AEW Dynamite. Trent versus John Moxley, a hard-hitting match between the two. And Trent continues to deliver very good matches. He's very underrated. So closing portion of the match. Trent hits his knee, then a, well, Moxley Trent continues to have really good matches. Very underrated is Trent. Uh, Later portion of the match, Orange Cassidy enters the ring, puts his hands in his pockets. Moxley does the same thing. That provides enough of a distraction. So Trent hits his knee, then a pile driver off a distraction and gets a near fall. Trent goes up top. Then he dives on the outside to Moxley, but Moxley hits him with a boot, and then a paradigm shift on the ramp. Moxley then goes, hits another paradigm shift in the ring, gets the one, two, three. We all knew the result, but this was pretty fun while it lasted. Post-match, Guevara comes out and cuts a promo. Says he sees why he goes through the crowd. Mox grabs a chair and the mic. And Guevara says they have a surprise for him. And then Jericho shows up on screen. And he offers Moxley to lead uh, the inner circle with Jericho. He's offering 49% of the LLC. He's offering him vice presidency. He's also offering a 4GT if he joins the inner circle. And he says the keys are your... Says keys are yours if you join our circle. Well, now he's talking about the 4GT. And then he talks about beating down the Elite and Jungle Boy, what they can do together. And tells him to think about it. And all he has to do is say yes. Moxley gets on the mic after that and says he considers Jericho a friend and mentor. And he'll give his answer next week. Dustin Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. And this was all about the distractions from Jake Hager. Jake Hager gets involved, and he was kind of the reason why Guevara 
won this match at the end. At one time, well, Dustin knocked, punched uh, Hager off the apron and then sent Guevara over the ropes onto, onto him. But he goes for the final reckoning late in the match. Guevara hits a running shooting star press, goes to the apron. Guevara has a fireman's carry. Dustin gets out, hits his hits a Canadian destroyer on the apron. That looked rough. <laughs> Hager then climbs up on the apron. Climbs up on the apron. He eats an uppercut from him. Dustin then throws Guevara out to him. Remsburg stops at the end of the match. Remsburg stops him from hitting the unnatural kick. So kind of the shattered dream version of the shattered dreams. Hager then gets a low blow off a distraction. And then Guevara gets the win. Right person won here. Guevara has lacked some wins here recently, but he gets one there. I thought it was an enjoyable match. After that, we get backstage with Private Party, gets asked what their New Year resolution is. Hangman then shows up, and then Private Party says they're worried about them. Even tell then, at the end, Paige tells them their party sucks. MJF and Wardlow out next. He cuts a promo, pretty much giving him a stipu- three stipulations for their match. Says they'll have it at... He wants to have it. He'll have it at Revolution, that, that match, Cody and MJF. But Cody can't do this. He can't touch him before then. He can't go... He has to go one-on-one with Wardlow in a steel cage match. And then... Three, if he gets beaten, well, three, he has to go live on TNT in front of his family and friends and God and get down on all fours and whip Cody ten times. And I thought this was another really good promo from MJF. And it's, I feel like, and I, I didn't think about this, but they're kind of playing off what Cody did in the Ring of Honor with his Ring of Honor. They got the Dynamite uh, Dozen Ring. Then we get a video showing the end of Jericho and Jungle Boy from two weeks ago. And then we got the Jurassic Express saying it's going to be a big year for them. But the one thing I noticed is a little bit of the production issues here. Because the music interrupts Luchasaurus before we even get to hear what he really has to say. I didn't like that part. Like they said, they've been like I've been hearing the, the AEW's been having some little having a couple of production issues here and there. We get Hangman joining commentary, and the funny, I, I like this part. His graphic said he had been drinking. I thought that was a nice little touch there. We get Riho backstage, and Britt Baker shows up and talks about Riho showing up when she feels like it. She's there every week, and she steals wins, and then, le- then well, Riho le- steals wins and then leaves. Like, Baker's there every single week, and I that, that's a legit gripe. That's a legit gripe. I like what they're doing there. Maybe this is leading Baker, leading more into Baker going heel, but they're lacking a lot of faces here in AEW. But I enjoyed that. Maybe sets up a rivalry between these two coming up. We get the main event: the Lucha Bros and Pack versus Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And this was a crazy match. I it was a lot of fun, but there was one thing I just. I couldn't, this match turned into absolute chaos. And honestly, at times, I didn't know who was legal. 
because there was so many people going in and out of the ring, and there was no really anybody keeping track of the tags, because I, I was incredibly confused at one time, but I thought this was a fun match to close out the show, though. Uh, late in the match, Pack and Kenny fight. Powerbomb by Kenny. Penta hits him to kicks him to break it up. Sling blades on both Matt and Nick. Penta then hits a backstabber on Kenny. Goes bro, Lucha Bros then go for the package pile driver. Bucks stop it. They eat cutters from Phoenix, all three of them. Pack gets tagged in. He hits his black arrow. Bucks then save the day, breaking the pin. Put then Pack puts in the brutalizer on Omega. Matt breaks it up with a super kick. And then the end of the match, Phoenix ate a knee as Phoenix dove from the top rope with a spin kick on to Kenny Omega. And Omega then would hit the one-winged angel and get the pin and the win. Cody celebrates inside the ring with Bucks and Kenny post-match. Hangman Adam Page gets invited, but Hangman decides not to go into the ring. I thought this was a good episode of Dynamite to start off the year. Pretty good stuff. And we got the the inner circle and issues with the elite that continue with Dustin and Sammy Guevara. We got the Cody and uh, uh, MJF issues still continuing. The solid women's world title title match. And then Darby Allin versus Cody was pretty good. And we got that Trent John Moxley match was the best the best match of the night in my opinion. NWA Power. Uh, we get a video recapping the recent developments in the Aldous Storm story. And then we got Dave Marquez with Tim Storm starting us off. Says it's the perfect way to start off the new year. Nick Aldous versus Tim Storm. And says he's going to uh, kick Aldous's ass. And Aldous then interrupts. Camille is between the two during this. All this, he's he's calm and dangerous. Well, Storm's all fired up and ready to fight. And Aldis entered this tournament because he had nothing else better to do. It was for fun, and he ran out of people for the world championship. And he eggs Storms into hitting him. And he tells him he's better change his ways of things, or things will get worse. Aaron Stevens in a submission match versus Sal Renaro. He wins it pretty quickly with a Mongrovian clutch. After the match, Murdoch shows up to stop uh, Stevens from continuing his onslaught. And Murdoch's kind of tired of his crap because he got involved with his match at uh, Into the Fire. And says he's trying to get a title shot. Stevens then says he's trying to get a title shot. Murdoch says he has no intentions of a title shot. And he's here to pretty much kick ass. And Stevens then puts his, Steven has Murdoch put his TV title tournament spot on the line. Then we get Murdoch versus Stevens. Murdoch hits a, hits him with a shoulder block early. Murdoch dominates, hits three scoop slams, Russian leg sweep into a submission. Stevens then gets to the ropes. Stevens makes a comeback, eventually hits a knee drop on him, goes for the Mongrovian clutch. Murdoch fights it off. Full Nelson slam. Put Stevens in Indian Deathlock to make him tap. So this kind of sets up Murdoch as a possible contender for the NWA National Championship, which is which I think he should be. It's there's not a lot of challengers there right now for it, as there's a lot of people trying to get involved with the World Championship 
And, well, they're also a lot of people preoccupied with the TV title tournament right now. We get Pope with Eddie Kingston and Homicide. And Pope thinks Eddie Kingston's world championship material, they're kind of playing off the last episode of NWA Power. Eli Drake, he's out talking with Galley. Galley asks him what his plans are going into the new year. Some yeahs, maybe he's going to get lost in the sauce. Says two weeks in a row, booked without a match, and thinks it's a coincidence. One person starting conversation that he's the greatest world champion, that's Nick Aldis. And he agrees with Ricky Morton, says he might need to look for a tag partner, and he says he can pick anybody as a tag partner. Cabana comes out and wants Drake to end the beef with Anderson. Then Drake asks Aldis Colt if he if it's he if he's his part eh, if he's his partner, but Cabana doesn't oblige. He sticks with Anderson. It says Anderson and Cabana will never get the tag team championships, and tells him that he hasn't won the world championship. He, uh, all the no, Cabana, I mean, tells him that he's never won the world championship. Anderson comes out angry, and then Cabana holds Anderson back, and that's the end of that segment. Eli Drake and Cole Cabana and Car- uh, Mr. Anderson are still having issues, so I'm probably going to assume that Eli Drake and Cabana and Anderson are going to have a tag team match sometime next week. Then we get a video with Mark Bell and Molina and Rosa. Bell thinks Kay was a fake friend, and she trusts her new friends. Kay, on the other hand, says she's blunt and a little rough on her. She's straightforward in her friend's best interest, and Bell took it the wrong way. Thinks it's Rosa and Molina that are in her here, and Kay says it all escalated real quick. Marty Bell with Molina versus Tasha Steeles. Big knee from Bell was the turning point in this match. Bell misses with a hip block. Steals with a comeback flying forearm uppercut in the corner. Swinging neck breaker by Steals gets a long two count. Bell then loses the match in an upset after a cutter by Steals. Molina's very mad at Bell afterward. So a little bit of tension brewing in the ranks of Marty, well, the faction of Bell, Molina, and Rosa. As last week, Bell, I mean, Molina picked Rosa's opponent for for next week. Well, Rosa won the six-woman tag, and last week she would have been, she would have had the choice to pick whoever she wanted to face on the other team, which was either ODB, Ashley Vox, or... The women's champion Allison K, but Molina interrupted and picked it for her. Then we're gonna get Nick. Then we're gonna get Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis with Camille Wildcards and Mae Valentine. We have the drawings for next week actually. Before that, TV title qualifier match: Zicky Dice and Caleb Conley. But Aldis pretty much doesn't. Aldis denies the match. His any. Uh, throws his name out for his group strictly business and he decides it's not worth the risk to enter the title match says storm gets a bye storm then gets mad and tries to approach him storm says he's just showed the entire world that he's a coward aldis acts like he's getting in the ring and doesn't aldis was even out in normal clothes aldis was even out in ring clothes he was out in his normal dress clothes and all this says he's leaving his past behind, and he pretty much inserts Royce in the matches. Royce Isaacs didn't even know he was going to get put in, it looked, and it was a little bit surprising. But Storm, he destroys him early on, dominates uh, Isaacs, and he's staring down all this the whole entire match. And 
telling him all he does is talk, talk, talk. Lattimore then distract. Lattimore distracts, and Isaac hits a, an exploder. Isaac dominates with strikes. Isaac then hits him with a slam, goes up top, up to the middle rope, misses a senton. Storm makes his comeback, hits a big boot, Isaac hits Isaacs in the corner. Isaacs, as Storm was approaching the corner, he hit a cutter on him. Storm gets his foot on the rope. Isaac then goes for his full Nelson slam into a German. Storm reverses that into his perfect storm on him to get the win. I thought this was a very enjoyable main event between the two, and we got to see a little bit of aggression out of Tim Storm. And this rivalry rivalry between him and Nick Aldis will continue. Morton and Gibson show up behind Aldis at the end. And that's the end of NWA Power, and I really enjoyed that episode of Power. Good promo work, good matches, and I know it was just a good show in general. And that's the end of the review. It's Let's look at the rankings for this week. So for this week, I'm going to go number one, AEW Dynamite. Best wrestling, best show I thought this week. Very good opening show for the first year. NWA, NWA Power put out another solid show this week. And then Raw... It was it was better. It was it's getting there. It was getting close to beating NWA Power, but just not quite there yet. Still have trouble filling in the three hours, but still solid show, nonetheless. So one AEW Dynamite, two NWA Power, and three Monday Night Raw. But before I go, make sure to follow me on the socials. Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. But until next week, it's SigDaddy signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.